This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Sunday is typically my fun day, especially in the summer. But on this particular Sunday, I am in the office. So I said, hey, why not record Scoop Podcast episode 152? So here I am on Sunday night before the 10 o'clock news on Channel 5 with the microphone in front of me. I worked far enough ahead to free myself for a handful of minutes. We'll get to conversations with Matamidi High School alum, Baylor alum, Nuni Omat. He worked out for the Wolves recently, also the Nets and some other teams. So he has a chance to get drafted. It's an incredibly deep draft, but he has a chance. He's putting himself in the conversation for many teams as they stack their boards. Also, I'll get to a conversation I had late last week with Sean Johnson, Twins Director of Scouting. The Twins are starting to sign some of their draft picks. Their top pick, Trevor Larnick, put on a show over the weekend as the Beavers summarily dismissed the Gophers in a best of three. They won games one and two, so we didn't even get a game three on Sunday night. Trevor Larnick had a lot to do with the Gophers being eliminated so quickly. We'll get to Omont in a second, and I'll follow up Omont with some draft notes. Let me start with some Wolves non-draft notes. But first, love for the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Skoll Marketing. SkollMarketing.com online or 651-787-SKOLL. They're all about helping business owners, in particular, small business owners. They are run by two former Google employees. Let's make Google work for you. If you're a business owner, if you're scratching your head, trying to figure out why other businesses in your area of expertise pops up before yours in a Google search, well, these guys know how to make your business pop up before others. They know all about Google. Hey, again, they worked for Google. So let's make Google work for you. They can help you with your social media management and so many more areas. For more information, the website is skullmarketing.com or call them for a free 30-minute consultation. So if you're a business owner, you have nothing to lose. Let them talk to you. Pick their brain for a half hour, then make a determination if you want to stay with them long-term. 651-787-SKOLL. 651-787-SKOLL for a free 30-minute consultation. It is Skoll Marketing. While teams like the Pistons, others release a full roster when they do a free agent camp, the Wolves make individuals like me dig. For all we know, the Wolves didn't even host a free agent camp over the weekend, but my sources tell me they did. They had a number of good players in town this weekend for a free agent camp. I don't have every single name, but I have many names. I won't go through every single name. Here are maybe some of the recognizable names. Jeremy Evans, remember him? Mr. Slam Dunk, Jeremy Evans. Quincy Miller, Darius Morris, played for the Lakers, University of Michigan. Hollis Thompson, pretty good player, played for the Philadelphia 76ers. Russ Smith, remember him at Louisville? Jordan McRae played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Darrell Wright had a long run in the NBA. Really good shooter back in the day. Plus Winona native Alec Brown. For some more names, I tweeted out a handful of names going back a few days on Twitter at KSTP. All right, let's get to Nuni Omat, Baylor University, Matamidi High School. He's one heck of a story. He did not play varsity basketball at Matamidi until his senior year. Here's my conversation the other day with Nuni Omat. This was actually last Thursday. 
Then on Friday, he flew down to Chicago. He worked out in front of some scouts. I'll get to some teams that were at his workout on Friday. Then he had a workout with a team on Saturday, and he has a couple more workouts coming up this week. I'll get to all that after this conversation with Noonie. All right, Noonie, let's start with, I mean, now that the calendar has flipped to June, I mean, really, I mean, the draft is, is fast approaching. I mean, June 21st is not that far away. I mean, what's this time like for you right now? Um, I'm very anxious, honestly, just because this is something I've been working for my whole entire life. And, you know, just to know how much work I've put in and how many countless hours I've put into, you know, perfecting my craft. And it's finally going to be here. It's just something that I'm really fortunate about. I mean, yeah, expound on that. I mean, think about all the hours you've put into your craft. I mean, we've told the story that it's not like you were on the varsity team as even a junior at Montemedi High School. So you think about even going back to when you were in the 10th grade, the 11th grade, to now be in this position, working out for teams, being on NBA teams' radars. I mean, that's that's one heck of an accomplishment. Exactly. Um, I never thought I would be able to be in this position, in this situation. But, you know, I just stuck to it and, you know, continued to grind. Uh, like, you know, as cliche as it sounds, trusting the process, and that's what I did. And I just continue to do that every single day, uh, even times when I wanted to quit. I just thought of the bigger picture. And, you know, honestly, I couldn't be in a better position right now. Uh, and I just, you know, thank God and my family for that because they've stuck with me through the whole entire thing. Where do you draw that inspiration from? I mean, you said it. I mean, you came close to quitting at different points, but you kept grinding. You know, in your words, trusting the process. But, I mean... Was that a mental hurdle that you had to overcome to get to that point of trusting the process? Yes, it really was a mental hurdle. Obviously, um, most people would have probably quit if they were in the position I was in. Obviously, not being able to be on the varsity team, you know, as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior, and then finally making it as a senior, you know, some people probably would have thought that, you know, I would have gave up by now. You know, not having any Division One scholarships out of high school, that was really hard. And, you know, seeing players going off to play college, you know, at bigger schools, when, you know, you think, wow, I feel like, you know, I'm better than them. I just, you know, didn't get as much respect. But then now, obviously, I just continue to grind and grind and grind. And I've just noticed a leap every single year and how much better I've gotten. And, you know, as of, like, right now, also, you know, I'm still getting a lot better at my game. And, there's things that I'm expanding at and things that I didn't know that I was capable of doing. And, you know, it's just for me doing it every single day. And, you know, when you're uncomfortable at doing something, you continue to do it, you're going to get better at it. So, What are some of those things specifically? Uh, you know, obviously I've gotten my body a lot better. Um, I've gained probably 30 pounds since I've been at Baylor. Um, obviously shooting. Uh, I was percentage-wise one of the best shooters in the Big 12. Um, you know, ball handling and just, you know, understanding the game a lot more is something that has, you know, continued to grow for me as a player. So that's one thing that I've uh, really noticed and realized. Did you notice right away the jump in in competition when you went from Concordia St. Paul to, to Baylor playing in the Big 12, playing against Kansas, Texas, and so on? Oh, yeah, it's a huge difference. Um, I don't want to sound biased, but, you know, obviously the Big 12 is arguably the best conference in the country, mm -hmm. you know, from top to bottom. Uh, no night is easy. And, you know, the players that are in the conference, obviously there's several 
players that are going to get drafted from that conference, uh, several players that are going to be professionals. Uh, and, you know, I was just fortunate enough to be able to, you know, play in one of the best conferences in the whole entire, you know, country. Uh, arguably, I think it's the best. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, playing with that type of competition, you know, you're only liable to get better and all that. So for me, I was just, you know, put in a position to, you know, showcase what I'm capable of doing. And obviously I haven't reached the surface of, you know, what I'm fully capable of doing. So you have a chip on your shoulder or you want to play with a chip on your shoulder? Oh, like yeah. I mean, you didn't get a combine invite. Yeah. Is that I, motivation for you? Yeah, I have a real big chip on my shoulder. Obviously, um <clears throat> I didn't get invited to the combine. I didn't get invited to the PIT, which I thought I would get invited to the PIT. Yeah, um, yeah I'm with you on that. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, with that being said, uh, I had two choices. And one was to complain and, uh, you know, mope about it. And then one was to, you know, obviously continue to work and grind. And, you know, that's what I'm accustomed to doing is grinding and working hard. So, you know, obviously that's not the end of the world that I didn't get invited to it. I know I'm going to prove myself. Uh, I know there's players that... Uh, are across the country that also didn't get invited, which I know are really good players and probably should have gotten invited to the Combine and also the PIT. But, um, you know, for me, I'm just going to continue to, you know, work hard. And I know I'm going to be in a good situation regardless just because my work ethic uh, speaks for itself and I get better every single day and every single year I'm getting better also. So, And you also know that there are teams interested. I mean, you've worked out for the Nets, you've worked out for the Wolves. There were other teams interested in bringing you in. You'll have your pro day where many teams will be represented. So, I mean, you've you've had a chance. You'll continue to have a chance here in the next handful of days and weeks to, to impress teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I'm just going day by day. Obviously, there's teams that have been talking to Keith. There's actually a lot of teams that are, you know, very intrigued by me because, you know, I wasn't – some of them haven't heard of me. Some of them have, and, mm-hmm. you know – coming into the workouts uh minnesota and brooklyn they were really impressed with the way i move my size obviously my ability to shoot uh my you know me being able to guard multiple positions is one thing that they were really impressed by um they were impressed by uh my measurements uh you know and you know i'm just continuing to get better at you know certain things that i know that they want me to get better at and i will get better at and obviously um you know, I got some workouts also coming up. Um, I'm going to Golden State on the 15th, which is going to be a really, really big, big one for me. Obviously, uh, you know, they like shooters, and that's something mm-hmm. I know that I can bring to an NBA team. And also, you know, my versatility is one thing that I know is uh, pretty good. Also, I mean, shooting is your calling card, though, right? I mean, yeah, you've had NBA range going back, right? I mean, you've always felt comfortable knocking down that outside shot. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I've always had okay. a shooting yeah. stroke, but, you know, obviously working with Chauncey, uh, he's helped my shot tremendously. Obviously, percentage-wise, uh, um, I shot 48% in conference in the Big 12, which is, you know, which was the best in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, That's from three-point range, Yeah, right? from three. Yeah. And uh, the year prior to that, I shot uh, 29% from three through the season and uh I was 43 on the season I was almost a 50 40 90 guy actually during the season um and you know I give credit to you know me working hard and obviously Chauncey pushing me and you know 
um, he does push me to another level that I didn't know that I was able to push myself to. And, you know, I appreciate him for that because he sees more in me than sometimes I see in myself, which is, you know, which is good to have. And, you know, I give him credit in, you know, helping me grow as a player and, you know, obviously stretching out and expanding parts of my game also. You said the teams are are impressed with, with your measurables. I mean, specifically what? I mean, just overall height and wingspan? Yeah, uh, they didn't know my height was my actual height and then obviously my length also. And they didn't know, you know, my, you know, wingspan and my standing reach and my hands and all that. So they were very impressed by all that. So What are the numbers specifically? Uh, I'm not 100% sure about, like, my hand wingspan and all that, but my wingspan was seven one, and my height was... 6'8 without shoes and 6'9 with shoes. So, And 6'9 is the number anyway. Last time I checked, you're not playing basketball without shoes yeah, on. Exactly. So I've never understood the without <laughs> shoes measurement. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you've got you've got incredible length. Yeah. I mean, that's something that teams should gravitate toward. Exactly. You know, I mean, heck, the way you can shoot it, and you're right. I mean, I mean, do you feel comfortable guarding? Are we talking twos? Threes and potentially some fours, or is it more threes and some fours? No, I'm comfortable guarding one through one through four. Okay, so you you're even comfortable if you know some yeah. teams got a tall point guard. Exactly. That's not you know like a dribbling maestro that you feel comfortable guarding three or four positions. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, obviously, you know, I try to use my length to my advantage, um, and when I play against fours, I try to use my speed and my quickness to my advantage, and then obviously, you know, I know that I can stay in front of a lot of guards. You know, obviously I did it this year when we played man. Uh, uh, we obviously were known to play zone, but, you know, my defensive, uh, on synergy, my defensive, uh, you know, numbers were really good, and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't get scored on, and obviously, uh, defense isn't only about just getting scored, obviously being in the right positions and all that, and, you know, helping your teammates, you know, and all that. So I think I do a pretty good job of that, and so that'll help. What was the Wolves' workout like? I mean, a lot of people listening or watching this right now will be curious about the hometown team. I know Reed Travis was there that day. No, he's going back to college, but he's one heck of a player. Oh, yeah, And what, sure. there were, like, four other players there that you were competing against? Yeah, uh, there were some really good players there. And, you know, Reed, obviously, I have a lot of respect for Reed. Um, you know, and I respect his decision. But I told him personally, I said, man, you don't need to go back to school because he's just, you know, physically he's a, he's a man. And, mm-hmm. You know, his size is just, he's just built different than a lot of people. And uh, the Wolves' workout was 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 good, honestly. Uh, it was a lot different than Brooklyn. It's one of the more, you know, up tempo, a little bit faster than some other teams. Uh, but it was good. Obviously, I learned a lot from you know some of the players that were there. You know, obviously, there was players from several different conferences. You know, Lonzo Trier from Arizona is a really good player. Mm-hmm. Cody Martin from Nevada is a very good player. Uh, P.J. Washington from Kentucky, very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, them and, you know, all the stuff that they've been through. Obviously, all those guys, other than me and Reed, got invited to the NBA Combine. So, you know, they just, you know, they had they had a different outlook versus us, obviously, because, 
we had a, came in to the workout and you know we didn't get invited so uh we just you know they were really they were really cool people and they were really nice people good people to talk to and and all that and it was just it was it was good it was fun i had a lot of fun it was obviously a dream come true to be able to work out for your you mm-hmm. know home hometown team and stuff so so I had a lot of fun at it. So did you get a chance to interact with with Tom Thibodeau? I did. Great guy. Great guy. He's not obviously as you know as mean as people would say. Obviously, he's got a really good heart. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was good talking. Smart about. basketball guy. Very too. smart basketball guy. And obviously, he knows what he's doing. And a lot of people don't agree with probably some of the stuff that he does. But you know, he's smart and he's in his position for a reason. Let's go back to, to your senior year at Baylor. That moment when, when you reconnected with your dad. What was that like? It was very emotional. Honestly, uh, obviously I haven't seen him. And, you know, I didn't know anything about him, obviously. And, you know, my brother had to tell me and my mom had to tell me stuff about him. And then, obviously, the day I connected with him and reunited with him was very, very emotional. Um, just just to see, I know he's been through a lot of stuff and the sacrifices he made for us, for us to be able to come over here. You know, I know it was very hard on him, obviously, being over there and not being able to be with us for all that time. Uh, it was just something that I was very, you know, blessed and I knew God was working just because, you know, I didn't think I was ever going to see him again. So, How's he doing now and what's your relationship with him today? Uh, he's doing well. He's actually uh, working. He lives in Sioux Falls right now. Okay. So, you know, he's working at a place down there, and he's hoping that he can go back to Africa again. You know, I don't think he wants to stay here in the mm-hmm. U.S., but he wants to go back back to Africa. But now you talk to him? Yeah, talk to or him. Or text, or at yeah. least there's a relationship now that, yeah, there that's is. in place? Yeah, so that's good. So, I mean, is he just your biggest fan right now? I mean, did he even know about the sport of basketball? Did he have any knowledge whatsoever? Um, I don't really think so. I mean, because over there he uh, basically worked. I mean, they they are more so heavier on soccer. Mm-hmm. But um, basketball he didn't really know. Because I remember when he got there, he I didn't know what hand he was because when he shot it, he shot with both hands. So I was <laughs> trying to teach him how to shoot it. Yeah. So I figured that he's never really, you know, played basketball I mean obviously he's probably seen me watch me on TV but you know that's different than actually playing the game so dad has a Judd Zolgad type shot Chauncey that Nooney referenced here is Chauncey Hollingsworth local trainer works with JP McCure obviously works with Nooney Theo John a number of really talented players so Chauncey is obviously highly thought of so Omont had a workout on Saturday with the Oklahoma City Thunder This week he referenced the Warriors workout. He also has a workout with the Philadelphia 76ers. Then last Friday at a pro day, the Cavs and Knicks and some other teams had scouts there. So Nuni Oma trying to do his best to go in the June 21st draft. The Wolves have another secretive draft workout on Monday. Jacob Evans of Cincinnati is in. DeAnthony Melton of USC is also in. I know they also have a draft workout on Thursday. Some other notes involving the draft. Local guy Zach Lofton, Columbia Heights High School, was a gopher for a hot second. He has worked out for or will work out for the Lakers, the Kings, the Warriors, the Raptors, the Bucks, 
and Thunder. Plus, he put on a show at the Wasserman Pro Day recently in Los Angeles where every team had at least a scout there, and many teams had higher-ups like Tom Thibodeau was there for the Wolves. J.P. Makira, Lakeville North. He worked out for the Boston Celtics over the weekend. That was on Saturday. Last Wednesday, he worked out for the Timberwolves. He actually went head-to-head with Malik Newman of Kansas. That would have been fun to be in the gym. But remember, the Wolves, as far as you know, as far as I know, don't even do draft workouts because everything is such a secret. Makira has also worked out for the Spurs, the Suns, and the Clippers, plus he met with a number of teams at the Pro Basketball Combine in Orlando a few weeks ago, including the Pacers, Bucks, Magic, and Clippers. And a reminder on former Apple Valley High School star from Duke University, Gary Trent Jr., he has either worked out for or will work out for before the 21st, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Wolves, the Nuggets, the Bucks, and the Spurs. Some other local basketball notes before we get to Twin Scouting Director Sean Johnson on Reed. Travis, you heard Nunioma speaking so highly of Reed. He will graduate on the 17th from Stanford. He will then visit Kentucky and Villanova, as I've been saying for a number of weeks, going back before the national media picked up on the Kentucky steam, Kentucky is the school to watch. Congratulations, speaking of Stanford, by the way, to Tyrell Terry of D. LaSalle High School, class of 2019 stud guard. He committed to Stanford on Sunday night. He told the Gophers and others, no. It will be interesting to see if the Gophers can get any of the 2019 kids. Somebody who knows the Gophers situation well texted me on Sunday night saying, hey, if I were Richard Patino, I would focus on the 2020 kids, Ben Carlson of Eastridge, Dawson Garcia, of Prior Lake, Dane Danger of Park Center, and others. You're not getting Jalen Suggs, I'm sorry. But when it comes to the 2019 kids, all right, you already missed on Terry. The chances of Matthew Hurt coming here are pretty much slim to none. You have Zeke Naji, Wisconsin is a tough beat there. Plus, he's got so many offers. I mean, Zeke Naji is up to like 20 offers. He may have Kansas soon. If Kansas offers, that will be a tough beat. You've got Tyler Wall, who certainly has interest in Wisconsin, but maybe you can get Wall. He had a good visit recently to the Gophers, so maybe he's the one, but it's possible Richard Pitino goes 0 for 4. But, hey, if you bring in winners, who cares if they're from here or elsewhere? Just bring in good players, players that can help you win. But when looking at those four players from Minnesota in the class of 2019 that Patino has offered, I'm telling you, it's going to be hard to even get one. By the way, it's worth noting, okay, so they swing and miss on Terry. That's disappointing, but don't forget that Marcus Carr, the pitch transfer, is eligible starting with the 2019-2020 season. So you never want to lose out on a kid, especially a local kid that you offer. But in the case of the point guard position, even if Isaiah Washington falls flat on his face this upcoming year. The Gophers have Marcus Carr, and I'll tell you this much, Marcus Carr is absolutely a starter in the 2019-2020 season. So who knows, maybe it's Carr and Washington starting in the backcourt together, but Marcus Carr is a starter. So unless something goes drastically wrong in practice this next year, just the way he played at Pitt, what was told to him to commit here over other places, I would be surprised if Marcus Carr is not a starter the second he is eligible to play games. One other basketball note, Gino Crandall, formerly of De La Salle. He's a graduate transfer guard from North Dakota. There's some buzz that he, his family, had some interest in the Gophers. There may have even been some dialogue, but the Gophers, as of this second, 
don't have a scholarship to offer Crandall. And you think about the coaches that are coaching right now in college basketball that have connections to DeLaSalle, certainly Dave Thorson at Colorado State, Ben Johnson at Xavier. So those would be some of the schools to keep an eye on when it comes to Geno Crandall. But there are other schools, schools without DeLaSalle ties that have interest in Crandall. Crandall will have his pick of a handful of pretty good schools, but it doesn't look like, I'm sure, hey, who wouldn't want to play their final year in college for the hometown team? I get it if Crandall wants to be a gopher, but as of the taping of this podcast on Sunday night, the 10th of June, the Gophers do not have a scholarship opening. Poop, I'm looking at my notes. I did have one other Wolves note. So Andrew Wiggins, about two or three weeks ago, Worked out with Rob McClanahan. He's worked out in the past with Derrick Rose, John Wall, any number of NBA superstars, Kevin Love, so many guys. Wiggins worked out with Rob a few weeks ago, but as of a couple days ago, there are no new plans to work out together. The hope is that Wiggins latches on with Rob and spends some time with Rob this summer, but nothing is on the books, and Andrew Wiggins, for whatever reason, has moved on from Drew Hanlon. But you think about Drew Hanlon working with Mo Bamba, Joel Embiid. I mean, Drew Hanlon is blowing up. He works with so many good players. Drew Hanlon is fine without Andrew Wiggins. I'll transition to the Twins and call it a podcast. I can get back to the Vikings and some of the other teams in episode 153 whenever time allows to record episode 153. But Sean Johnson is the Twins director of scouting I was over at the ballpark middle of the week. It was after the draft. So it would have been Thursday afternoon. So the draft was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The Twins selected 39 players over those three days. They're already signing some of those guys. I mean, some of the signings are foregone conclusions because a lot of the negotiations take place, especially their top 10 round guys, take place before they actually take the player, but still players have to come to town, take physicals, and officially sign on the dotted line. But anyway, I caught up with Sean on Thursday afternoon to review the draft. The Twins went with Trevor Larnick, Oregon State outfielder, with their first pick. That was pick number 20. Sean, as you've had now 24 hours or so to reflect on on the happenings of this week, you take 39 players. What, what stands out in your mind? Well, I think after looking back after day two, we were able to... You know, with the lesser pool amount, we still were able to assign some players we liked with some upside and impact. And, you know, even starting the day off with, with Kiersey, that felt good to get him. He was a guy we had considered at 59. So to get both those guys, I think our room was happy. Our scouts were happy with that. And, um, you know, that really stands out there looking back at day two. And really just our overall process, we have more integration of our R&D team and our scouts and, you know, a whole lot of other things that we're trying to integrate into how we make decisions. And I think we we took another step forward from last year and we're going to try to, you know, I'm already thinking about how do we make it better next year and it's a long ways off. But that's kind of where my mind's at and the rest of our staff, we're just trying to improve and grow and make fewer mistakes as we go and just improve. And, and that's that's really where the attitude of our team is at this point. On the lesser pool money, I mean, you know, your second draft in charge. I mean, think about last year, all the resources you had compared to this year. I mean, how much different was this year compared to last year? Um, well, you go from 14 to 6 million, you know, it can be more of a challenge, but we tried to just say, look, you know, let's spend it wisely and try to spread it around when we can and go for it on a few guys, which you don't have as many bullets to take those big shots, usually on the high school guys who are, require a lot of money to, to sign. 
Uh, so you're limited to taking some of those shots, but we still tried to go for it and, and be aggressive and, you know, try to try to spend the money up top. You know, I'm a big believer in going for it when you can in the first couple of rounds. And, and uh, you know, we, were, we spread it out evenly more than we might have thought we would going into it, but we felt great about the outcome. And we've got some upside guys in the back end of the first 10 rounds. And, and then yesterday we took a lot of even leading off the day with Hellman, who was a guy we liked in the, inside the top 10. To, to be able to get him done was awesome. And uh, we've got some you know, long-range projection arms we took. And then obviously we filled in in the organization with some college seniors primarily um, that we thought had good makeup and character that will help you know, our lower levels survive and compete this summer. Was it just the way the board fell that, that it took a few picks to, to take a pitcher? Yeah, it is how it fell. Exactly right. Uh, we... We don't even really think about that going into it. Obviously, at some point you want to go, hey, did we just take nine hitters in a row? We might want to take a pitcher. At some point you pump the brakes there, but we're go- you know it's the old cliche, best player available, really rings true. You're trying to get the best guy you like on the board, and, that, and that's really what it comes down to. Do you have a sense of, of the 39, how many you'll end up signing, and will you end up signing the top 10, 11, 12, 13? Yeah, I think uh, for sure the first group there and even f- probably the first 15, I would bet we end up with 30-plus guys we we sign out of this group. I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, you don't want to be taking a guy in the 5th, 6th, 7th round, ninth round, even the 12th round that you don't get signed, right? Yeah, I think you always want to sign your top 10 as just a rule of thumb. And, you know, you usually don't take a guy up there unless you know. Because even now in the era of the pool money, you've got to have some cost certainty to some degree before you take a guy um, to make sure you can get the – you've got to manage your pool pretty tight. So um, you don't see a lot of teams. Uh, there's a handful of guys every year in the industry that don't sign in the first 10 rounds. It's probably less than 10 usually and probably less than five on occasion. So we make sure we have a, a pretty good idea the guy wants to play before we take him in the first 10. How many catchers total? And, again, was that just the way the board fell? I mean, a lot of catchers, right? Yeah, I think we took four. Uh, obviously excited about Jeffers in, in the second round. Uh, big physical guy. I think I made some, you know, he reminds us of Garver a lot. Big physical guy with raw power. Um, we like his receiving and his framing ability, and we think we can make him better. And, um, you know, he's he's been a performer at UNC Wilmington. Excited about him. You know, we, we, we obviously knew that, you know, catching was something we wanted to address, but I don't think we had a, a quota that we tried to meet. We just... You know, as the, as the draft fell, we, we took a few. Any surprises with the way the first round fell? I mean, some of those high school guys fell. I mean, heck, the kid that went right before you guys, right, at 19. I mean, that shocked me. I mean, yeah. what was your reaction as the first round was unfolding? Well, the the first round for us was a wild ride. You know, the, there was a lot of energy in the room trying to see how our board was going to fall. And I think we were ready for the Kyler Murray thing to happen. We had an idea that someone was probably going to do that. Um, from our sources. Uh, other than that, you know, a few guys, a lot of the high school arms fell and some moved up. And, you know, Gorman we knew would probably be, you know, a couple teams were really on him and then there was a chance he might fall a little bit just because he had, had kind of an up and down spring and there some teams saw him really good, some teams didn't see him play very well. So that's how it goes with a, a high school bat like that. We're, we're pumped about Larnick. That's at the end of the day. That's uh, we're excited. We you know we drafted him. Was he higher than twenty as you ranked your guys? For sure. Yeah, I don't remember the exact number, but he was stacked at, towards the top of our board. 
I mean, would it have been interesting, though, if a couple of those high school guys fell? Yeah, and you, and you go through all those scenarios. You know, what if he's gone? What if these two guys are there? So you, you play different scenarios and try to be ready for all of them. And even though the draft's, you know, five minutes between each pick on TV, it still goes pretty fast when when it's, you know, that was just between 1 and 20. You know, 1, it was like we let off, we took our guy. This year you have to wait and see what's left. And so that was a different challenge, but I thought our group handled it well. Give us a lowdown on Larnick. I mean, how many times did you see him personally? And I'm guessing you had, what, multiple guys, Radcliffe, I mean, up and down the list. I mean, what, three, four, five, six, seven people in the organization that have seen him? Yeah, I would, I don't know the exact number, probably closer to a dozen different scouts saw him. Um, You know, I saw him early in the surprise tournament the first weekend of the season. I saw him at the end um, against, uh, I think it was UCLA. So I saw him early and late. We had a ton of guys see him in between that. And, you know, obviously we had a lot of people look at the swing. We had player development people break down the swing. I was working with, Co- you know, with Coach Pick, you know, even like the day of the draft, we were going through four or five guys that were in our mix, in, you know, as far as our hitters went. So we had a lot of people, We, you know, I try to get a lot of people into the process and have a say and, and get as many different viewpoints as we can get to make sure we're on the right track. And his power, I mean, is that what jumps out more than anything, his power? Yeah, I, you know, again, I think I've talked about track, man, some where he had a, you know, his exit velocity was better than Rooker's last year, and they were at the very top of the list. And, you know, we're in that launch angle area. He hit a lot of balls on the ground. He still hits a few balls on the ground. And, um, but he, his raw power took a, a step forward. He's bigger and physical, more physical than he was a year ago. And, you know, you think about college players, you think they're kind of are what they are. We, we see him as having ceiling as well, just the way a high school player would. But his body will be even more filled out, more physical, with more strength, you know, when he's 25. So um, we're excited about the upside. We love his makeup. You know, he's got a growth mindset. He's a, he's a baseball rat. He's always working. He's always trying to get better, which along the lines of how we felt about Royce last year, you know, a guy who's talented but knows he can improve those are the kind of players that are attractive to us and, and our staff speaking of attractiveness what attracted you to the to the sixth round pick mac is that it last yeah. name mac i mean yeah. high school kid right i mean i'm guessing some teams had him ranked way higher yeah uh charlie mac uh we've got some guys that think he he does remind you of Mustakas physically that's what he looks like and he's got giant raw power you know Mustakas is a high-end guy but he's not far behind that from a raw power standpoint and we think the guy can hit and we've, our scouts have been around him. John Wilson, our area scout in the Northeast, spent some time with him at the East Coast Pro Showcase, said the kids make up his top shelf. Everything we have checks out. Um, finding a position for him, we're hoping it's third base. But at that point in the draft, we loved his bat because we think the guy can really rake. So we're, we're excited about that one. And 100% like there's no signability issues there? Hope not. Yeah, I, we, we plan on signing him. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive, though. I mean, you know, just even making any sort of comparison to Mustakis. I mean, was there some shock that he was still there in the sixth round? I mean, did you guys consider him higher? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we had the guys we took obviously ahead of him a little bit, but, you know, the board fell our way, and, yeah, we're pumped to get him in that round. Maybe after this, I mean, we're not going to go over, you know, all 39. I mean, we singled out a few, but how about some guys from, you know, like the fourth round down outside of Mac that, that maybe people should know about? Um, you know, I have to go through it in my head. I... I um, well, I mean, even the Florida State pitcher. I mean, you got the Friday Florida State. Yeah, Cole I mean, you Sands. got you got the ace from the Seminoles. Yeah, Cole Sands, who you know we thought was we had 
we thought he'd probably be gone. And I know there were some issues with uh, he walked off at his last his last outing. He walked off the field. But we circled back with medical people that we made a lot of contacts with people in that program. You know, our medical staff talked to theirs. We felt comfortable with the information, and um, we're glad to get him as well. How many kids won't sign? Like, we know that Seth Halverson, your 30th round pick, is going to Missouri. He's not signing with you guys. I mean, are there some other guys that you know just no chance you won't be signing? No, most of them. We took a Canadian uh, player named Laron Smith, who we think can convert to a catcher. He's probably another tough sign, but most, like I said, most 30 out of 39, you know, in that range, we're planning on signing. So you use the high school guys we take in the lesser rounds. You know, we're glad to we're glad to get a guy in our backyard with with Halverson, and I know he you know aspires to be a two way guy at Missouri, and I don't blame him. The guys can rake, and he's got a great arm. So uh, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. Let's go after this. I mean, what keeps you busy here? I mean, the scouting never stops. So I mean, are you on the road again as soon as like next week scouting for the 2019 draft? I uh, I'll take a couple of days to catch my breath. There's there's an event next week that I won't be at. The Perfect Game National cranks up. Um, and some years that would start like literally the day after the draft ended. So we got a nice little break for all our guys to go home and get some sleep. And um, I'll be at uh, the USA Trials end of June. And, uh, you know, end of July I'll be out and about Cape Cod, you know, watching guys for next year. So, yeah, it, does, it doesn't really stop. You know, I lied. Gophers fans would be curious. I mean, you've seen Oregon State in person. So that's who the Gophers play this weekend. What's your scouting report on Oregon State? I mean, they have three kids going in the top 37. I know the pitchers got some red flags, but at least on the field, I mean, there's a lot of talent there. I mean, that is that is a loaded team the Gophers will face this weekend, right? Yeah, I don't want to put a damper on anybody's emotions about it. I mean, they're, they're a really good team. I would say they're one of the top two teams I saw all spring. They just got, you know, with Madrigal and, and Granier up the middle, it's the goodest duo as maybe I've ever seen up the middle defensively. And they both have an awesome, you know, offensive seasons as well. They've got, they've got three good starters. You know, they've got bullpen depth. They've got power. You know, they're built really well. Pat Casey did a great job building that team. But, I mean, the Gophers are a pretty good team, too. I wouldn't say it's just a pushover. So I, anything can happen in these super regionals. That's the best part about, you know, postseason play is anything can happen. So I, I, give, them, I give them a good shot to do it. All right, so you want to bet lunch or dinner? I'll take Oregon State. You take the Gophers? How about lunch? Sean Johnson owes me lunch again. That conversation took place on Thursday before game one of the Gophers and Beavers best of three Super Regional Series. The Beavers won two games to nothing, so Sean owes me lunch. That's a good reminder, actually, that I need to reach out to him to tell me that he owes me lunch. The signings are beginning. The second round pick, the catcher Jeffers, has signed. He will come in under slot. So as Sean said, there's going to be... Well, he said they will do a good job of spreading out their money, those top 10 round guys, their pool of money. So they will have some guys that come in over. They will have some guys that come in under. On Larnick, I mean, there's still some negotiating to take place. You think about Larnick going to Omaha, the Beavers still might play here for another, what, 10 to 14 days. So Larnick is still a little ways away from signing. He will sign. Trevor Larnick is signing with the Twins. There's no sense that he is coming in over slot. So the Twins, I know, love Larnick. They weren't going to probably take the kid that went right before that fell, the Arizona high school kid. They weren't looking at him for pick 20. Larnick was their guy. So I know the Twins are thrilled 
to get Larnick, but don't look for that signing to be an over-the-slot signing. But again, there's still some negotiating that needs to take place. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 152. Be sure to support Skoll Marketing, skollmarketing.com, 651-787-SKOLL. They help business owners. They will help you make money. Go to the website for all sorts of other information about them. See if they can help you, skollmarketing.com. We are done. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.